What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Muscle, and this is another Two Line Music Huts Entertainment Report podcast. And today, we have a really special guest in the building. Listen, this man here is a singer, a DJ, a songwriter, a TV host, a producer, and part of the legendary T.O.K. You know who we have in the building today? We have Craigie T. in the building today. What's going on, my brother? Brother the Bounce Gang. Oh, go on, Muscle. Big up, big up, big up, big up, big up, everybody. No respect. I'm All good. Right. I'm good. I'm good. All things bright and beautiful. Just like the lights in your studio there. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> respect, man. Yeah, man. Definitely. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Entertainment Report podcast today. Yeah. Respect, man. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. All right. Let's get into this business here because we have a conversation to talk about here. All right. All right. What part of Jamaica did you grow up in? And what was the first thing that actually attracted you to music? Wow. Um, well, I grew up in Kingston, first of all. I grew up in Havendale. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I was born. That's my family home. Um, attracted me to music. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, so you're forcing me to do a little bit of introspection here. Because normally... Normally I can give a blanket answer, but like to be attracted to music is a thing that you really have to think about. I know myself playing music for my mother when I was seven, mm-hmm. because my father used to have a song, right? Um, when he, my mother split, yeah. um, he left all of the records at his old home, which is next door to my mother's home, right? Yeah. So. I used to go over there and just take the records and carry them over because I never used to play them anymore. So I used to just carry them to my house. So I used to be there and I used to play the LPs uh, and the 45s from them time then. And it's like, I remember doing it to change my mother's mood. Mm-hmm. Every time she was in a bad mood, I would take it upon myself to play something for cheer up, for gear vibe. But then it was a lot of, we had a lot of um, old-time groups, which is why it's my, it's my favorite genre. So, like, I would play Drifters, Temptations, Stylistics, Shy Lights, um, Manhattans, Whispers, Shalamar, <laughs> Barclays, like, Rose Rice, like, those groups. I would play those things endlessly. And because of that, I, I, I always had a love for music. I didn't decide to sing, however, until I was told that I couldn't sing. Okay. Because I did hear <laughs> you tell me that. I did hear that story before that. I think it was a teacher. You yeah, know, man. You give that story there because I yeah, have man. something I want to ask you after you tell me that story. Yeah, man. A music teacher. So, Okay. So at first, we used to go to um, a school. It was just a school around the corner. It was at a house. Um, that's where I started my school, and it was called Hurlingham. Um, it was a primary first, then it became a prep school, but it was still a, it's still just the back a, a backyard school. But I was really, really bright. So when my mother went away, she decided to to make the sacrifices and send me to the Queen's Prep. So why at Queen's they used to play violin was a compulsory instrument, okay. right? So. I started playing the violin and they had a choir. And like them say, <laughs> they were doing tryouts for the choir. I, you know, prep school, everybody there for the choir, everybody. 
And I tried out and the, the teacher told me that um, I couldn't sing and I didn't have a place on the choir. I couldn't understand her. I said, but no, you can't. You can't, no. <laughs> you can't, you can't tell me that. <laughs> so I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. So ever since then, you know, well, back then it was a point of duty to prove her wrong. Yeah. And after that, I mean, it's just, it's just a, a deep love that I have for music. Like music is, is therapeutic for me. You know what I mean? Hear you. And what was the um the teacher's name? No, I won't do that. Okay. Because, because <laughs> it's actually my sister. No. <laughs> because <laughs> that's what I wanted yeah, to yeah, ask. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to modify it around. Come here and I'm really cool now. Because that's what I want to ask you. When did you actually circle back and say, hmm, I thought I couldn't sing? Ah, enough time, man. Oh, gosh, man. She doesn't remember saying that, by the way. Mm-hmm. She doesn't remember saying that. But that's saying, but the acts never remember when I cheer. <laughs> cheer remember. <laughs> so yeah. Um I, I, I said it to her, I said, um, remember me, I was the only the one little boy that wasn't on the choir. She said, Craig, you're joking. Because I ended up singing on a choir, it was a professional choir. Um with her. I was one of the main soloists of that choir. And she was what was the, the, the pianist for that for that for that choir. And she didn't remember it at all. She remembered me from, from school, but she didn't remember saying that at all. We've had bad experiences with um with good choir teachers, you know. Cause when I when I used to campion to the, the, the music teacher, I campion the tell say, we're, we're wasting our time. Tio okay, you know, the full group this time, you know. So we're wasting our time, uh, we'll never amount to anything and you know, she used to say, me, me think some smile can get through life. And, yeah. you know, my always, I know what I feel like, do I don't follow no rules. And me think some smile will just get me off of the hook. And mm-hmm. apparently I was right. <laughs> <laughs> you're right there. Wow. Okay. So then how did you guys actually connect as a group TOK? Where was, what was that journey like? Um, It was a... It, it not was it is a friendship, you know. Um, we okay, so it start it, it's two tier. So Alex and Flex were best friends from birth. Flex was born in January. Alex was born in February. So it's is is very close to each other, and they're the same age. So um, they've known each other all of their lives, and they live beside each other. All of your lives, right? And well, not now, but <laughs> them time. So, and then Alex knew myself and Basie from the Campion Choir. So he and Flex had the group before, it was just a duo. Mm-hmm. And they decided to incorporate more singers because of a competition that was going on. It was a competition going on, and it was for Warner Brothers at the time, I think. Island, Island Jamaica was doing it, but they were working on a, a, a joint venture with Warner Brothers, and they had uh, auditions for singers, um, not specifically groups, but for singers. And before, the, I mean, before that, them used to sing a barbecue and them thing there and I try to get girl and all of them thing about. Like, this was, it was the first step towards serious singing kind of thing, you know? So they wanted to do a song 
called If I Ever Fall In Love Again, the shy song. And um, I guess they figured they needed more voices, so they started recruiting voices from there and then that's what is because i heard originally tok had five members yeah we did that one time yeah, yeah yeah yeah. was it for that competition or the fifth member came after that competition whoa all right so that competition no no we never really named tok as such yet you know that competition i think it's six of us was in the group but <laughs> <laughs> actually okay yeah, I think so. Enough of it. And then from there, so then what happened to the other one to two members and then you guys decided to form TOK? Um, well, after that, it was it was such a good vibe that we decided to continue. Um, and, and you know, you know, high school, so it, it's really just attention, you know. So, you know, the girl, whenever you used to look at you before, looking at you a little bit now because she hears that you can sing and, you know, it's a vibe. So we we decided that you know we can do this thing, we can go to the barbecues, we can do this, do that. And we just started. We just started from there. And we just grew from strength to strength. More barbecues we went to, the more the more recognition we got, and then we started saying, you know, maybe we can get paid for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a one stipend for a barbecue, then we decide, say, yo, make we enter these talent contest, and we enter these, and we come forth, and we have our vibes. And we say, all right, make we see if we can record. And then we, it, it's, it's just, we just kept on pushing. And we always had that, that thirst for originality. So even though we were singing over the shy and singing over the boys, the men song, then we still wanted to do our own thing. Still wanted to do a little reggae. We still wanted to do some DJ. We were still writing and, and composing our own harmonic arrangements. We were always doing that from the start. That's one thing. We always had a thirst to be different and original makes sense and how did you guys even actually come up with the name and then break it down to t-o-k <laughs> all right so originally <laughs> because it was just alex and flex mm-hmm. they used to call themselves too cool yeah. <laughs> with a k right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so i mean it was a vibe, but you know, high school, so people are poke phone and people used to say all kind of thing and care them and call them two fool, like all kind of stuff. And we, we, we said, all right, make we say, let's look at ourselves and see what we, we can offer, you know? And in our head, at the time, it was a touch of class. That's what we were bringing to the table. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's what we called ourselves at first. And then it was just so long. I'm gonna say, all right, we're gonna do this. I'm gonna say, all right, let's call ourselves TOK. Once we had TOK, then we decided to play around with the meaning. We've changed it so many times. Uh, it was together on key, and then um, Tugs of Kingston, and then um, all kind of all kind of something. We are, we finally settled on Tribe of Kings. Mm-hmm. We finally settled on that. But I mean, it's holy, 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 holy things. Um, from where I try bus, still when we bus, still when we we, we, we bus again, because you know it ebbs and flows. So music business goes, so show business go, you know. So you have to you have to understand that it went bus several times in your career. Understandable. And what year did you guys actually formulate the name? Okay, T O K, and then started to move to this as a career. Mm, okay, so the group started in 1992. Um, and the name started soon after. It was a matter of months. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it was about our month. But the group started in 1992. Our first recording was 1996. And that one, I think, was with Sly and Robbie. Yeah, we did a Sly and Robbie. Um, we did do a little bit of recording before, but the first release track was, was with Sly and Robbie. It was Sly and Robbie built the rhythm, but the producer was called Stephen Gregg. And it was on a, 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 a rhythm called Popcorn. Mm-hmm. And the, the label was, man, Nuff Records. Okay. Nuff Music Records, something like that. Nuff, something Nuff. And um, yeah, it was a, a cover version of Anything For You. That was a song done by 3T. And that is Michael Jackson, Evidem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I remember that. Was, uh, Michael Jackson fan. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So then now you guys came together in 92, put out your first, the first recording got released in 96. What was the whole plan of the group now? You wanted to be, what were you guys looking to do to impact the music business? What did you guys want to do? Mostly, what you asked me, plan. I completed a plan. <laughs> no, I'm not plan. We just want some girl and make some money. <laughs> We just we just sing and all our vibes and earn little money and, and, and feel like star and there was no plan really. We just we just knew that we were we, we, we were different and we didn't like we didn't we, we, we thrived in adversity. So we didn't like we didn't like, I remember the first time we auditioned um for, for Sly and Robbie. This is even after them produced <laughs> them 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 give with a track. And, okay. and they come out and everything, you know. We still have an audition for them, you know. And like, remember sometimes Robbie all walk past, we don't even hear it. Like, Sly said, Robbie, listen to them, you tell them, listen to them, you tell them, you think them ready? Robbie said, make them look like them ready. God, and if they're upset. <laughs> like, you know, we, and this is after we put out a track for them really already, you know. So, like, them time they're going through those things, because we used to do a studio hours. 24, 30 hours easily. Mm-hmm. Like we used to just there uh, wait for a chance to record on a track, you know. So like it, 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 it was, it was really a lot of it was really just to prove that we could, mm-hmm. you know. I, th- I think that was the main thing in the beginning. Like we loved it and we wanted to show them that we 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 were serious about it. That makes that makes sense here. And at this time here. You guys had just finished high school or you were still in high school at this time as the group is building? Just finished high school. We, we just finished fifth form. Mm-hmm. We, we were allegedly going to Excelsior Community College <laughs> doing A-levels. So we were enrolled, but we never used to go. <laughs> uh, life of a musician. It's yeah. just so crazy what you do. So at this time, was any of you guys working to supplement your income or you're just straight so, hustling at this time? Right. So um, I started working, um, I think at that point was five members. Mm-hmm. And um, Vaughn, who was the, the fifth member, he was working at the time at JPS. Mm-hmm. And I was working at Dial Insurance. I used to do accounts at Dial Insurance at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like, nine, yeah, 96, 97, I think. I was working at Dell Insurance, so it was it was just both of us. 
working okay and everybody else is hustling just trying to get it together mm -hmm. so 96 the first song comes out and you guys are considered like an uptown act so when you guys went to like downtown now did you guys have to like prove yourself to say hey we're we're in this too we yeah. could do this yeah, yeah man i'm well you see the thing is even though we're uptown still now we're, we're not really we're not really stereotypical uptown you know, we're not, we're not bro you know we don't have no pretty hair quote unquote pretty hair because we think my legs and pretty still but yeah. you don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like you know so we, we, we never just by looking at us you couldn't really tell like that mm -hmm. but then um we we had to prove ourselves because we we're so different so the harmonies and stuff is is something that we had to learn how to present to different audiences because and every audience i got just in it so which is why when we used to do the boys to men them that that's why when we, we did a thing for for slide them and rub it them like them not them never really interested for hearing them hear the harmonies and say yeah i can't harmonize but yeah so mm. you know at them time that you know they might work with all kind of different acts that can harmonize as well and then when we start the 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 the, the dance hall in harmony you now it's like it make everybody ears cock up like them. I said, wait, hold on, mm -hmm. what that? Yeah, you know. So that, I think that was the 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 the, the pivoting point, the turning point, really. That was what what, what kind of set us apart from mm -hmm. everything else that was out there. Okay, all right. First recording comes out '96 here now. I know you guys didn't get your first number one song until '99. Eagles cry, right. Dave Kelly. What was that journey like for those three years? Were you guys looking to give up? Were you guys looking to go harder? What was that three oh. years before you guys actually hit that hit? May I tell you a thing? One of people not talk. Mm -hmm. Music, artists, you not artists. If you not feel like you want give up, at least five times in your career, you had something wrong. Like every year. You feel that way because it, it it pulls so much from you internally that it, it it's unbelievable. That's why, like, especially during this pandemic thing, like I've been kind of taking it up on myself to to call a few of my bridges and some of them is not even really my bridges, but acquaintances that I have in the music business just to check up on them because I know how deep the depression can be. It's a serious thing. So I mean. <laughs> the good thing is that we used to care ourselves all the time. Like we say, yo, <laughs> like we used to, we used to walk. Like after we come off of the bus and thing, we used to walk the places and we had say, youth, oh, you have number one and you walk on the road. <laughs> oh, we carry it, we carry it, we house, you know the house, you know the car. <laughs> and then the next, uh, Alex, my brother said, no, but no, for your house, you have house. Why not buy a house for yourself before you start? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they must say, yo, you can't bus. Bus no man. <laughs> like, oh, you have no more than you know, bus. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Like, we used to do that to ourselves. So, I mean, we found ways to, to make light of it mm -hmm. at the time, but it was it's, it's a it's a it's a serious thing because you you it, it's you tend to get the fame before you start seeing any kind of monetary return. I mean, nowadays, cause like I'm sure, sure some artists, some things where you can really tap into to properly exploiting your, your intellectual property where you can earn before you really have no fame. But it's it's unlikely. It's unlikely. 
So you will have times where you have songs all over the place and that doing well, but you know, start really making the money. Yet, you know. Yeah. And yeah. that I understand because in the conversation, I have those questions down there too, you know. So don't yeah. worry. We're going to get to that money and fame because a yeah. lot of people don't understand fame and money are generally not the same thing. No. You have a lot of people that you don't know that are billionaires and you have a lot of people that you see all the time that are dead broke. Straight. You know Straight. what I mean? Understand. So then now, how did you guys even connect with the great Dave Kelly to get that number one song in the first place. What was that journey like? You know, sir, um, I have a big up Shams, that's a Richard Browning. He was one of one of the first people to manage TOK as well. That was really his push, you know, because like back in the day, like Dave Kelly studio, you can't even go in. You know, he would, <laughs> he would come outside and buzz. And, you know, a man who inside, I look for you through the camera and say, I will you Like, we know that after being inside. Like, I say, yo, I, I wouldn't mute that. Now let them be. Come and pretend like what I hear them. <laughs> let them stay a little. And you have man, you have man now. You have man who come at the gate, you know. And press the buzzer. I stand up out if you had two, three, oh, I know. And I press the buzzer, you know, every five minutes for two, three, oh, I know. Because I feel like maybe nobody not see them. And they are wave in front of the camera. And I move them here. And I take off glasses. For <laughs> oh, boy. Wicked, wicked. But, but, I mean, like, it was really Richard Brownie. Because Shams was, Richard Brownie is Shams. And Shams was a uh, nephew of Danny Brown. He used to work at Main Street. And he used to produce as well. And he used to mix stuff for the rhythm then. He had a connection with Dave Kelly. I don't remember how that connection started. Mm -hmm. I believe it was through Janet Davidson who used to manage Dave at the time. Mm -hmm. She knew Shams and she connected the two of them, I think. And I, 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 I believe that because Chico and Goofy and General Degree and those people were Main Street artists and we were generally hanging around Main Street at the time because Main Street is close. It's basically right behind my house. Okay. So, we used to go to Main Street all the time. So Chico, Goofy, Degree, Red Rat, all of these people knew us and knew that, you know, there was a group out there with a different sound and we were coming and we wanted it and we were hungry. And then when Sham start, met, start managing us now, I, I, I guess because they've had so many people around him that were already in contact with us and possibly were mentioning us to him at the time, after a while, I'm just saying, I remember here what I'm, what I'm, what I'm off, you know? And <laughs> that was just to hear it. That was just to get in. Recording is a different, different thing. So we also feel good for just going and say hello. You know, the office, when I reach out to the studio, <laughs> we say hello, and it's a big deal, right? Recording now, um, when, when Brockout come out, right? We want a rhythm that's so bad. And I remember Colin Hines got that rhythm to play on the radio. Yeah. Um, it was a Friday night. And I recorded the juggling. But in that juggling was like a 16, 16 to 30 seconds, like a 16 bar. I read him alone, right? And remember them days, I guess it, I guess it, you know. Mm -hmm. Guess it, yeah. <laughs> so we wrote Eagle's Cry to the, to the cassette. Mm -hmm. 
So me, me I try to loop it with a with a cassette so that I play, stop, rewind, stop, play. <laughs> I can't believe this. That's how we write. That's how we wrote Eagles Cry. So like it was it was a big deal. It was a, it was a, it was a big deal. And we we wrote that just in case we get to sing Ronin. <laughs> this is not him said go write a song for the radio. Not like that. You know. So at this time you had actually met him already or you had not met him yet at this time here? You know, I don't think we knew. Yeah. We we Dave, I mean you can tell. They've not really like new people. I didn't really like camera and thing. So you don't really know who hold on. We record Eagles Cry. Me record Eagles Cry you now. The first cut. Because we did it twice. We had to go back and do another part. But we me record Eagles Cry. I mean I know Dave Kelly looking. You know. What? Cause when Dave sit down in the studio, you know, have no light and him have the cap. Yes, sir. So me know him chin look and the cap. <laughs> You don't know, dear. All right, you see the pandemic thing here where everybody are wearing masks now. Him supposed to come for the good. For real. No, no. No, no, man, look. No, we have a clue, but we don't really, we can't identify, say, oh, and deal with that. Yeah. So, so then you... it's possible that we, we, we met him by then, but we, I can't tell you. Yeah. So okay. So you guys went in, and then you guys actually recorded this song here. Now, yeah. was it what we hear? Was that actually what you guys had recorded, or how many times did you guys have to rearrange that song till we yeah. classic cut right now? No man, that was that's it. That's it basically. I mean, I had uh, at first with another thing. Um, well, I just I just the bloody name. Yeah, yeah, and the da 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 da. Get me high, get me high, get me high, get me instead of instead of fire up on the twenty nine and the clip ready for that. Like before that, it was some blood in my eye and high, and it was something like that. And mm -hmm. he never liked that part. Then. So we had to we had to find a, a, a suitable replacement. Mm -hmm. And then so we did that. So we we we, we sung it for him first. Then he said change that. Then we change that. Then we come back and record. And then after we recorded. There was um we went back to do when Flex do the hyper. Yeah, when 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 we went back to do that part after. Mm -hmm. uh, in our in our classical music, them call it a descant. That's what them call that. It's ad libbing, but them call it a, a descant ad libbing. So we had to go back and record mm -hmm. that part. So you guys were actually one of the last people to get on the Brocco Rhythm because you said you heard the Brocco on the radio and then you yeah. went back yeah. and recorded on the rhythm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so we good thing we heard that first night. If we never hear it that first night, mm -hmm. rough, rough. I remember Brocco came on to two batches, you know, so we were on the second batch. We were on the second batch. The second batch with... Uh, what go kill us something? I'm gonna go do them something. You have to ask base them. I can't believe my eyes and all of those. Yeah. Ah, exactly. That was okay because even Killer came out second batch, he wasn't first batch, right? I didn't even realize that until now. Wow, mm -hmm. okay. The song comes out. When do you guys really know that hey, this song is starting to bubble? When did you start to either well, you wouldn't really get calls, but in the streets, you started to feel the rumbling of Eagles Cry? Whoa, you know. I really know, you know, because like 
at like we were already getting a little buzz, you know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Already getting a little buzz around the place. We're still doing our shows at Mirage and at Cactus. We were like resident at Cactus. We're always at performer Cactus. And, okay. And that was a link with Earl, Father Earl from them time there, and Ribby from them time there. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so we are do harmony, we are DJ, we are do them thing from them time there. But like, we started focusing on recording and so we did kind of offer the performance scene for a good little while, because them time every night with their studio, try get on a rhythm. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I think it was Baby Sham, it's, it's our killer. I had a Baby Sham, our killer. Like, they must say, yo, I want to, man. I don't know how to do the song. And we said, what do you mean? And the man said, no, man, I need to go everywhere and just perform the song here. And then we start go everywhere. It's like them time they would take word as gospel, you know, baby Shamar Kila tell you if we do something, you know, ask no question. <laughs> right? So so like we just we, we, we just every every everywhere I sound there, we just grab the mic and just and just do it. Mm-hmm. So I remember when we went to I think it was Saga to the East, Killer Show, and we run on them time they win some big leather jacket and some goggles for we head up and thing like any like real snow winter, you know, Jamaica. <laughs> yeah. was crazy. And like, yeah, we just run out, we just run up on the stage and we just drive. But but from but from here, ready when you're ready, top shutters and all that, like the place start fill up on me. I said, wait, are we in the <laughs> yeah, and then after a while they get comfortable up on the stage, you know, you start doing little dynamics and you start telling them to play low and then you're going to the chorus and then you hear the harmony and the, the biggest challenge then was that we had to do all of them things with one mic sometimes. I knew 100% you were going to say that, 100%. Yeah, that was a huge challenge. Because mm-hmm. them time the artist thing are just one microphone thing. You know, and we had to figure out a way because we can't tell people say, Yo, we're not gonna wear this a phone mic. You, know? <laughs> you didn't reach here yet, boss. No, so we have to just figure out a way of to make it work, you know. Yeah, and even so, then now you guys have the big number one song here. Where was the first place that you guys actually flew from Jamaica to go perform? Hmm, first place was Turks and Caicos, you know, we had a performance in Turks and Caicos. We Buccaneer. Spraga Benz, another artist. Uh, I hope you now watch his song Vex. Remember, mm-hmm. somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was all over. I don't think it's perfect enough. Eagles cry yet. Okay. I'm not sure. You know. mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we didn't have that song yet, you know. But mm-hmm. I think it was before Eagles cry enough. I think so. But that was the first. That was the first time outside of Jamaica to perform. That you guys went to perform. Okay, you guys have this big number one song now. What was your next move now? Having this song, was it? You guys had management already, or looking for management? You're looking for image. What was it? The next move now to really solidify having this number one. So then now we become a household name. Yes, at that point, um, Shams was managing us. That's how Richard Brown, a big up yourself, mm-hmm. like and. You know, in our head, we wanted to be household names. We used to say that. We used to say that, you know, we want to make sure that every house in Jamaica know who TOK is. And um, we were just trying to get more. 
number ones. That was the only thing on our minds. Like all we wanted to do was another hit, another hit, another hit, another hit, another hit. And hit not just comes on either, you know. You know, it takes time. Because, ah, right. So before Eagles Cry, you know, was was war on them song there. You know, Anytime we get a new girl, she has to tie. Fear, so fear, and the body you have to ride. Whoa. Yes, yes. yes. Oh, heavy metal, heavy metal rhythm. So we didn't knock them, you know. Mm. And knock them, bam, 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 from before. A hardcore lover. The boy, I now I can run. Yeah, them song that was before. Okay. So, so like, when Eagles Cry dropped, it was like, Bob Sita. I this <laughs> yeah so like at that time we had we had several songs on our belt and I remember I think it was Flex that had the suggestion and then me second it quick because like we were the executors you know like you, you know bass is 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 always level headed Alex very cautious me and Flex going yeah. Yeah, we're going, we're going, we're going. So we, we, we decided from early that a strategy of ours was going to be the high school girls. And we made it a point of duty to be at every single high school fact or barbecue or function, everything. But even if I just had like a prize giving, we are gone. Yeah. Sometimes them don't know so we are coming. We just go and we made it a point of duty never to charge, even when them try pay away. We tell them no. So we use that as an angle to get into every every household. And it was it was from, from a start. Like I remember, I remember we used to have a style where we'd, we'd adjust this before Eagles Cry now, right? We used okay. to have a yeah, man, because we are, you know, we 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 not look too bad. We all right, you know, uh, we young, uh, you know, the girl I'm like we. So, yeah, I used to drive. So <clears throat> we used to drive and just go the all girls school them, like you know the middle, of, the middle of the school day. <laughs> the middle of the school day, we just turn up at the school. Yeah. And we play, we play innocent and say, yeah, we just here to check the principal. I will go straight to the principal too. Straight to the principal's office. Yeah, you know, to talk business. We want to. We want to make you know that we are available for performances. Just in case you're having it, this is a contact number that you can reach us. At. But really and truly, we just want the girl. Them a jump out of the classroom and I kick over the teacher and kick over the desk. Them really and truly, that was the strategy behind it. But we have a neat little way of. <laughs> You, you have to walk through the school to get to the principal's office. So when they see these four guys coming through the school, everybody's going to look around. Hey, those guys. Uh, and we did that even after Eagles Cry. And even after Shake Your Bam Bam and Chichi Man come out, after all of them sang that when we hot like fire, we still do that. So even when when when, when we make the when, when we make the transition now and like all four we are drive. The whole convoy of black vehicle are coming out of the school. So when you see the four black car, them sit up on the chrome rims, them drive in and park. And then you see each other come out of, come out of each one and walk in one in unison straight to the principal. It was when I say school half school half a stop. Mm -hmm. School half a stop. And it was a thing. It was a, it was a thing. It was a thing. Big T okay there. All right. So even back to Dave Kelly here. With um, did you guys actually become a member of Madhouse or you were still, you guys were still figuring out your way as in going studio, studio, yeah. producer, yeah. Well, producer. 
remember, you know, that our, even though we were so close with Manhouse, our, our home was still Main Street because Richard is still the manager. So, and, and Richard is, is a brownie. So our home studio was always Main Street. Okay. Okay. So, you know what, that, that would make sense because that's how you guys ended up on the heavy metal rhythm and all of those stuff there. Right. Exactly. 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 God, that was really the start. And I tell you who else played a very instrumental role in the beginning at TOK was Sky Disco, which is Squeeze. Mm -hmm. Their headquarters was right beside Main Street. So that is kind of how we, 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 we were heard by Main Street because originally we went there, went there to meet Main Street and then we decided we, we got an opportunity to do some dubs for Sky Disco. So how the dub thing used to set up is that it used to load. So I never a soundproof studio like them say after thing where, where you see people in a no. <clears throat> so you, everybody I hear the dub them when we do them. So one night we do a dub and we come out and it's general degree out there. Start up beside him in plumb a car. Never forget. I like him and say, yeah, that ain't bad enough. I like me and say, <laughs> I like me and say, it's a big deal. Like you know, they tell that like degree at the same You know, it's 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 a it's a it's validation. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it, it was we were accepted mm -hmm. into the main street um family from early. From early there, all right, good. And then what was your next big hit that really solidified the name after um Eagles Cry? Wow. Um, after Eagles Cry, I think it's Shake Your Bam Bam, you know. Shake Your Bam Bam and Man A Bad Man. That is the, 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 the double version on um, Juice Rhythm. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Man A Bad Man was We and Killer and Shake Your Bam Bam was Us Alone. So Tell me how you guys even got to kill it in the first place? Because remember, you guys say I have eagles cry. Yeah, that's cool. No, with them time, they know we are we we don't matter what's not. So killer dead enough, <clears throat> you know. So it used to just react with. And then at that point, too, um, we were doing background vocals a lot too, especially me. Like I used to do a whole heap of background vocals. So so when you hear like degree. Crocus bagger things are ah, mm, like all of them sang the Babylon boy, still okay. They're the background vocals for Babylon boy, baby sham Babylon boy. Like, we're doing a whole heap of background vocals, and it's like so. Them know it. So, so Killer used to call with the dance hall choir, yeah. And then remember now, say before that, a little bit before that, B the man used to, used to have a, used to have a group when he used to power with ARP. And well, it used to be with Holy Pagu, ARP building yeah. blocks, um, Sapphire, I think one did me. Holy Pagu building used to be. But then, so Killa said, you know, sir, I'm me of the real dancehall choir. So we was the, we was the, 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 <laughs> the we don't know what, the Antichrist version, the Philippines. I don't know, we don't know. But yes, yeah. it's, it's a style like that. So I, I just, that's, I just, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, since you brought up ARP, I I'd swear somewhere I heard that you and ARP, the group, you guys had issues. Hey, Real issues. You do your homework in a muscle. Yeah. yeah, it was a big deal, man. It was a big deal, actually. Like it was a it was a thing. After we did Eagles Cry, they did a song. Um well, 
they must say, oh, you have left your eagle in the care, and they must ask for the war and I stay far, and that kind of foolish. And to me, mm-hmm. me find them thing that's joking. You know? mm-hmm. like even like, all right, so me was kind of the hothead too, mm-hmm. but for a purpose, mm-hmm. I never saw that as a purpose. So to me, it was it was fun and games, you know. So, but basically, never like it. <laughs> Even like it at all. As far as he concerned, now is 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 people are try are trying to move food and they never dig that, mm-hmm. you know. And then we did another song and then they put out another uh, um, counteraction and it did just rub him the wrong way and like him him. It was a big thing outside, right outside the IRFM. Lick down the glass at IRFM. Me go straight through IRFM glass door, hurricane door. <laughs> yeah, car. Me, I try. Me as I idiot, I try part the fight, mm-hmm. and because it's me and Basie did that, I guess David must feel threatened, and him pick up the closest thing and start swing, which it just so happened that that they were doing um, construction there, and it was a saw, carpenter saw. So when me grab onto him and move him out of the way. I start swing. Afterwards, me realize that so me get me get cut, but me don't know how me get cut. Mm-hmm. So me just see the blood, so me lose it. So when them carry me inside, me don't know. I guess me just feel like <laughs> me don't understand how if I hit somebody behind a glass door, <laughs> so me just got me. <laughs> so I guess that. Yes. <laughs> Ah, listen, crazy, because I knew I heard that there was an issue with um ARP yeah. and T. Okay, I just wanted to get that out, but remember, we're still on this killer, the killer and Tinger, the killer, and how you guys actually connected for a man, a bad man. Yeah, so I mean, I don't even remember how it, I, I know that he wanted to do a song with us, and we wanted to do us well, we wanted to do a song with him a lot more, but he was open to the idea of doing a song with us. And I remember Shams again, Shams say, Yo. We had the we had the girl version first, mm-hmm. right? And it, it I think it came out before. No, it never come out before because it came out on the same forty-five A and B side. Got you. So we had girl version first, and Sham said, "Write the Batman version." I'm gonna say the Batman version. I'm say yeah, write the Batman version, but write it for Killer. I'm gonna say what? Because them time they bounce Killer, I'm an artist. Mr. Bounty, I'm an artist. You can't, you can't tell me nothing about Bounty. <laughs> Bounty, I'm an artist. Mm-hmm. And the man said, write the, write the part for killer. Just change up the words and write it gangster way and a killer will get asked to do it. So we did the song and presented it to killer and asked him if he would do the first verse instead of us. And he said, yes. So <clears throat> that's that's how it came about. I mean, remember that too, you know. I remember that night. Then I got everybody called KFC right down the road. And them left me one nice studio for right apart. <laughs> but them gone by food. We don't know why five man need to pack up in that camp and go back. But the rest of the group and shams. Everybody got to me one. <laughs> but it's they, they, they left you to sharpen your skills, would definitely work really? for you in the long run right now. Do you understand? Yeah, we're going to get there now. Okay, so even when it came to like flying out now as artists now because remember like you would have like say a bounty killer or something like that he's a one individual and say the going rate back then for argument's sake was a thousand dollars for a bounty but then now 
there's four of you guys in this group. Is it something where you guys wanted to say, okay, he gets a thousand, so now we want four thousand cuts, four of us, or you guys still had to go with the going rate of one thousand and split it up? We could have, we could, we could have stick out for that, but I think that, you know, we we've always been pretty shrewd, you know. That's 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 one thing that that kind of even now it it has helped us and it's still helping us to to stay afloat and reasonably reasonably okay <laughs> during everything throughout anything and everything you know mm -hmm. we still the, the income still sustain five six families and we're good mm -hmm. so it's like it, it we had to play smart so we had to we had to sacrifice certain things we sacrifice um the quadrupling of the going rate we sacrifice first class tickets at times we sacrifice um hotel accommodation separate hotel accommodations at times we sacrifice on transportation at times like there were several things that we had to do in the beginning to make sure because back then nobody was even considering <clears throat> booking a group to go anywhere because that is that is four times the plane tickets four times the accommodation different different level of transportation different different like everything is everything is practically double everything on average some things is quadruple, some things is like one and a half. So it's like on average, everything was double. So we knew that we had to be pullers in order to continue to stay booked. So in order to be pullers, we had to go out there and show them what we could do. And in order to do that, we had to take a hit in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So we knew that. The good thing is that we were sharp enough to figure that out from early and make the necessary changes. And big up once again to Shams too, because he was very instrumental in that as well. Yeah, because that makes sense, because that's one thing I always wondered. I said, okay, we understand in the industry, there's always going rate, okay, this person is 5,000, this person's 1,000, this person's 10. But now with a group of four of us, are we quadrupling our price? Are we taking the same price going rate? What is it we have to do? But what you explained makes a lot of sense. Like, okay, we'll take this price here, but we'll take off the... um. Instead of four rooms, we'll take three rooms. Instead of a SUV, we'll take a little car and make it work. Instead of first class, we'll go we'll go coach and we'll make it work from there. Yeah, man, we had to do that. Had to do that. It was it, there was no there was no other way. Car promoter, like I said, yo, I want artist me a book, you know. If I four only, you know, one artist, I phone a problem. Like I want artist me a book. Mm -hmm. I said, all right. Yeah. We, we kind of had to do that in the beginning with dub plates too. Which did really help with you in at the beginning. The dub, the dub thing did really help because we was the gangster group. So we was the killers. Mm -hmm. So when when you have a bounty killer um dub, you you the other sound, all right. When a big sound I go up against a medium sound, big sound of 20 killer, mm -hmm. right? 20 bounty killer. Medium sound might can't afford 420 bounty killer, but they need to play something special. Mm -hmm. You, you understand? So we was that like an alternative now. Well, I'm a killer, but what is that? <laughs> what is that? So like we did have to make a name for ourselves in the dub plate world that helped with a whole heap too. So we did have we, we did have a kill song from early. Early. That makes total sense. Cause even the dubs, that's what I was wondering too, but you cleared that up right away. So then now before I want to know what came first, the torn come first or getting connected to VP came first, which one came first? 
Whoa, um, connected to VP, definitely. Um, touring never really. All right, everything is levels in, right? And I would for people to understand that. Like, you have show and you have touring. It's two completely different thing. True. Like a show is a show. Even if you string ten shows together, just a ten show. It's not. It's not a tour. It's a different level. You have to be to tour. Mm-hmm. Now, we were doing a few shows in New York and um, West Indian diaspora. So you know, in the New York, the Connecticut, the the the, the um, Maryland, the Florida, the you know, at, not even Atlanta yet, but not them time there. Maybe okay. no. <laughs> not them time. So it's like you you know the the, the regular the, the regular states. Mm-hmm. We're doing one and two shows there. Um, sometimes we don't get paid, sometimes we don't get paid. Cause them show that whenever I really boss yet, so them show that I never know, you know. And VP was a connection that Shams was trying to make from a long time for me, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't it wasn't it wasn't working. Them just never feel like we could have do an album, mm-hmm. you know. It wasn't until we did link Tony Kelly and drop and drop Chichiman. We're gonna talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) That's when okay, so it's like it's almost like that song was a double-edged sword for you guys. That song is the one that made you get signed, but then that's a song that also brought trouble into the camp. Yo, trouble is a thing, uh, yo, I don't know. I don't know if I'm able to trouble. I see people get trouble off of them, same thing there, and we never, we never get nothing like that, mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. Even though, <laughs> so many things. We t- we, we'll get into it, I'm sure. But, <clears throat> like, that song is a song that took two to three years for Boston. That's I remember, I remember, when Kadata Sashi days in Adata Lords of Yards, <clears throat> when Tony, Tony Kelly had produced for, for LOI record label. Okay. And I remember we used to go to New York. And before it bust, and before we used to go to New York under the LOI label, mm-hmm. the song did come out on the label, but they had a crew that they was working with. We weren't really in the crew. There was a crew named Lords of Yards. Okay. We weren't really in the crew, but we were around the crew. Right? Uh, it was Frank White, Angel, was in that crew. Frank White, Angel, a singer named Twice. Mm-hmm. And another, I don't remember the name of the fourth guy, and there's four people. Angel was one of them. And it was. Jigo? Name just come to me, you know. I'm gone again. Anyway, so yeah, so yeah, so so th- that was a crew. So they were they were the focus of LOY at the time. Mm-hmm. You no, know, we used to go and party with them, and the song used to get a nice little forward, but like it never really moved. And I remember we got an opportunity um, to go to New York to perform, and all of we did take a box of forty five. Cause them there they are forty five. So I always take a box of 45 and we make up our mindset so when we go to New York, mm-hmm. we'll get everybody a record. We're going to find every song man and get everybody a record. But push the song. Yeah. Now, you have people who used to give about the record, you know. 
I say, yo, I fuck. <laughs> like, they must say, yeah, they must say, yo, this, this Naga boss, this Naga boss, and give back. Now, imagine how it feel for somebody give back a 45. free, you know, you know, charge them for the 45. You know, I say, yo, hold the record. Even if them Naga play it, for just take it as encourage. No, people used to give back the 45 and say, yo, they're not make it too. And this not sound good. Years, when we say years, you know, years, and then it just start, it just start pick up in the streets. It just start pick up in the streets at, at, at Jamaica, little by little, little by little. And Tony say, "Yo, when I say I move, you know." And I say, "Yeah." Man say, "Yo, when I say I move." And before you know it, it was like, "Yo, we go eh? We left for the was a tree show somewhere, mm-hmm. and when we came back." It was a monster. Monster. And this is before them even take it for politics, you know, because you know it was like champion song at one point in time for JLP. So before even that, it was a monster. What? Yeah, man. It was the champion. It was <laughs> yeah, God, that all right. That was like that was like one asiaga song. We love that song. Him tell me that personally, I'm gonna say, oh, that song, yeah. Bad. I guess kind of the poker vibe, kind of say, I got music, man. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. So it, it, to it have that little, that little revival sound, the, 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 the way all the drums beat, mm-hmm. and the way all the chant on it is like, that's what a whole heap of people don't realize it's really poker, you know. Mm-hmm. It, but, but like, so it, it talked to, it talked deeply to the, to the, to the, to the black soul spirit. So that is really why it moved like the way it moved. And it was it was infectious, you know? Yeah. Wow. I did not know that that was actually, as you said, JLP or PMP? Yeah, yeah it was JLP, Champions and oh, so- <laughs> <laughs> This song has way too many levels for anybody to understand. Yeah, there was a while, there was a while when, when PJ never, never did like we at all. Yeah. <laughs> it was not until we saw him, we saw him, you know, we saw him in Washington. Mm-hmm. And we said, uh, we said, Mr. Patis, really, you know, okay. I never we, I never we, I never you were at all. I never said, could man say, you know what? Now everything is as clear as day. Now I understand exactly what's happened. That yeah. is wild, wild, wild. Yeah. Crazy there. So, okay, so then this song here brought you to VP. So yeah. I guess when the song was bubbling is when VP started to pay attention. Yeah, we were on their radar, but that was the song that made them understand that, you know, we were forced to be reckoned with and we were album material and signing material. So mm-hmm. that was it. And when you guys got to VP, did you guys sign for one one um, album or how many albums? What was the deal? How was the deal structured? We had, I think, in all it was seven albums. In. So what? it was three. It was a three album deal. But but you see, they get you with options and um, what's the word? First writer refusal. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So right. So first option, yeah. So that is that is it. So really and truly, it's kind of it's kind of up to them whether or not you will ever be able to do another album. Album. So that's that's where we were. 
Mm-hmm. And what year did you guys did you guys sign with VP officially? No. Oh, I don't remember. You know, I think it was two thousand one. Two thousand and one. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So you're bubbling. Eagles card came out ninety nine. Everything else is bubbling. Teacher man is out. All of this. Okay. So at this time, there was no real problem with the song at this time here yet. No, not really. No. Yeah. Okay. So then you guys are taken out. So from VP, did they set up the tours or what had happened from there? What was the real? No, what did VP do for you guys' career? Well, um, there is no better bridge, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear them talk about crossover this and crossover that, and you hear people talk about VP a vampire this and a vampire that. And mm-hmm. there is no better, there's no better bridge. Um, they had the distribution network in place to get our music to the world, mm-hmm. and we needed that, and we knew it. So that's really. That's really it. <laughs> There's nothing more to say. There's really nothing more to say. Like, I mean, it, 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 it was it. I mean, and because of that, I mean, leverage is everything. Because of that, I mean, it wasn't the greatest contract that was signed with VP, clearly. I would have so many options. But, like, it was it was a means to an end. Would I have done it differently if I knew then what I know now? I'm not so sure. Because I'm, I might have pushed to renegotiate a little bit harder. But if I did get a pushback, I'd probably let it go because at the end of the day, that is where those connections needed to be made when they were made. Mm-hmm. And if you hold a hard end, you might not have the leverage to make it at a later date. So is that is that is that is a catch twenty two? You you, you kind of just have to know what you do. Which we kind of did because we 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 have never started like right now we still own our publishing we've never signed our publishing away, so and we knew that. Mm-hmm. So even though they might get such and such album, you know, and they might get this and they might get that, we still own music with lyrics. Smart move. Yeah, so that helped us a lot. Yeah. All right. First time in Europe or Japan? Which one came first? Please, on peace. I wonder if my car be Um, <laughs> sure. I don't remember. Um, I don't remember. You know, it mm-hmm. might. It, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I can tell you mm-hmm. that the first time we went to Japan, no, 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 no. I grew up Christian, so I said it's like Jesus, they come, but like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we never grow that way, eh? <laughs> But it was crazy. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like, them did have to carry, like, we couldn't even come through the airport regularly. Like, they had to carry us to different parts of the airport. And this is, this is, this is Japan. It's not like, say, you know. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous, man. Like, we have, we have two platinum albums in Japan, you know. That I knew of one, I didn't know you guys actually had two. Yeah, man. We have two huge albums. We have songs. We have a song, Guardian Angel was number, like the number one ringtone in Japan for, I think, 20 weeks. What? And I mean, number one, not number one reggae ringtone, number one ringtone for like 20 weeks. We have a song that was number one in Japan for like 35 weeks. That's the year, basically, the whole year. And it never played Jamaica. 
But it was huge. A song called Diggy Wine, a Red Rose. Anthony Red Rose produced, produced that song. Did they know that? Huge, 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 huge. So like these songs that we had were doing so well over there. So when we went there, because the harmony thing, first of all, they had like Japanese versions of T.O.K. like five of them. Like that's, we were a phenomenon in Japan. By far, easily. It was ridiculous, man. So yeah. that's why I may have to, that's why I may have, to, may have to give thanks and ratings and blessings to all Japanese fans because like they they really supported TOK from early on. Mm -hmm. They like the sound of the harmony on the on the dance already. I love it. It was just so different. It's like nothing that they've heard before. So they really gravitated towards this. Yeah. Yeah. And when it came to touring, do you remember like um how many shows you guys actually did out there? In Japan? Mm -hmm. um probably the first the first one the first tour was like about five shows i don't think it was that much it was five cities i should say mm -hmm. um i mean after that we've done extensive tours in japan um up to like 15 cities right around japan mm -hmm. and we've we've toured we've toured uh, we've done africa tours we've toured europe extensively we do i think we do a third we do 29 shows in 31 days in Europe once. <laughs> that, that's only two days of rest. No, I think it's the other way. 31 shows in 29 days. That's even worse. Because Whoa, that was, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. That means you had to double up at least two shows somewhere. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It was crazy. Yeah. Was and, crazy. At, and at this time here, now the four of you guys, you guys are doing your stuff here. Were these band shows or track shows? But we've done both. Um, at first, it was banned. When we toured first, it was, it was banned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we started touring on band first, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. But we had, it was a mix because like, it's expensive, touring is expensive, right? And what the, the, that's why I say it's levels because the, the touring is tour managers that set a budget. So they booked several shows and then they pool the money that they make in order to satisfy and, and, and take care of the expenses. So is you understand when once you do accounts, you understand the income and the expenditure and how how it has to be allocated and funds have to be allocated in order to come out with a profit. Mm -hmm. So we did the festivals with bands and we did a lot of the club shows with tracks in the beginning. That makes, that makes a lot of sense here. So then now you guys are really coming into yourself now, you, AC, Alex, and Flex. What was each individual member's role at this time, even whether they were official roles or unofficial roles? Um, at this point, I think at this point we're... we're all right, so Macy and I were really the negotiators from early out. Flex was the the the, the contact maker. Mm -hmm. Flex used to kind of have no fear, so he used to just step out and just make the connections with whoever, mm -hmm. and we would we would we would then negotiate. As far as because um, by then I think we were out of the management situation with Shams by then, so it was kind of we managing ourselves. Okay. So we used to I used to book for TOK. Um we all used to manage we all used to manage TOK at some point in time. Uh we had no leader, so it was everybody kind of doing different roles at different times. As far as musical structure concerned, like BSC is the low pitch DJ, of course, means the higher pitch DJ. 
Minha seru aku lipat Adli Bama Kau lipat nice Aha 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 Kana so Ribbada Bama Keng Aha Aha Kana so So Flex Okay So Alex is the higher pitch singer But when it comes to falsetto And those high pitch Descart parts That I always talk about Is Flex used to do them Okay So um so yeah that, that was it we didn't really have a lead everybody kind of had their own lane and we just stayed in it got you and at this time here this is still early tok did that not having a real structure per se where you have external managers and stuff like did that put a strain on the actual group itself because we have to come off stage and deal with all this business or were you guys still fine with that there was no real trouble in the camp at this time here Oh man, we're not deal, we're not really deal with them kind of business. Cause we're still employed road managers and stuff like that and band managers and stuff like that. We still we still understood that that there needed to be some kind of structure and it needed to free us up to to be as creative as possible. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those things were still taken care of. However, it was stressful, of course, to know that, especially when if shows fall in true, because you don't know every every now and then you have somebody, you have some promoter who said, yo, John was starting here, never make the money, you know. So you mean I'm gonna look for the people. <laughs> I'm gonna get about the money. And then and then when it comes to the point where you are whole hard enough, you have sometimes where we just make up a man and say, yo, we're not left the hotel until we get paid. Mm -hmm. just this up. And then tell they have enough bad man promoter. Hmm. You know? But but well, I mean I don't know. Me, me just always Although it's out on you, it's not as stubborn as you me say, we now go. We're not going. Like you could have, you could have, you could have bad little more. We're going to fight. We might lose, but yeah, get a little. So most times, let just let just not bother with. So you know, we 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 hold our own. You know, we definitely held our own. Yeah, that was a good time there. And all right, and at this time here now, you guys' debut album had come out already. My crew, my dogs. Yeah, man. Okay, and that had definitely solidified you guys one hundred percent. Yeah, my crew, my dog, and my crew, my dogs dropped. It was it was it was a, a huge deal because mm -hmm. we did that album to to show people who we were. So mm -hmm. a whole heap of original stuff on that album. We and Shams in the studio work on some things for say yo, we listen. So when we when when we, when we dropped that album, New York was. Was like a playground. New York was it was crazy. It was crazy. I mean, we're a whole one met beside Puffy them and Mace them and like it was it was cr cr crazy, crazy. Like them time that we couldn't go we couldn't go mad. Like it was a thing for artists. Like every time they touch down, every time uh, them time the VP car VP in a queen. So them used to put you up in a hotel at Queen. So as you land, so. You know the hotel the right so, so you just go to the hotel drop off everything you're gonna mall go and spend some money on hype and you know it was a bossy thing there was a point where we couldn't go we couldn't go there was a point where police police would have to take we out of the mall because we couldn't leave <laughs> 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 the girl they make up their mind say you know we, we, we can't we can't we can't left mm -hmm. you know so when we had autograph signing signings at the mall and thing it was it was ridiculous like there had to be like extra security and it was crazy Mm -hmm. crazy. I didn't know it was this crazy. I remember earlier on in the conversation, yeah. we spoke about fame. So then now you guys are uber famous, but was the money actually rolling in at this time or you're setting yourself up for the money to come in later? Most of money, money is the next thing we're going on stages to, you know, 
I mean, you have big money and you have a little bit of money. Sometimes when you're a little bit, a little bit of money look like big money. You know? Yeah, them, yeah. Time they, them time they were, yeah, we're rich. But were we really rich? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, looking, because, you know, I, I, I tell people all the time, like, I, I, I believe that I make more money now than then. But maybe because I know what to do with it. You know what I mean? And money, yo, money is an illusion, you know. Money don't have money don't have power, you know. It's respect of power. You know what I mean? So if you if 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 you have respect, money is is is, is not necessary. Mm -hmm. You know, but the, them time there, it kind of bring little respect. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I mean, like them go hand in hand still, but you know, it's a thing. So like at 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 that time. Yeah, we have a vehicle and thing like you know them thing. But like, I don't remember if when we did. Yeah, so them time they're not like twenty or three. Like when we change our car, them now. So we move from the four black car now. Everybody get BMW and Benz and them thing. You know, it was like a it's a different level, you know. Cause my brother cussed me off the other day and said my kind of hard on on, on my sons. Mm -hmm. Cause like big son is like eighteen, all right. So like. Now pressure him. Call him, mm -hmm. boy, you're a man. You're not a boy again. You're, you're a man now. So certain little things you feel you feel do. Me not do it for you. I'm in a business. Your mother could have off and puff from now till die kingdom come. Me not do it. Mm -hmm. Right? You, you feel do it. <laughs> you know? So my brother kind of rough me up the other day. Kind of say, you're, you're, un, you're, you're, you're unfair because you can't use yourself. Mm -hmm. Because like I, I, I bought my first apartment at 21. And like, I've been into real estate and properties ever since then. Like at 25, may I push my own everything. May I push my own everything. Yeah. Big things I drive and this, this, that, that, that. It was crazy. And like you must say, you can't really, you can't really use that to measure the odds. Mm -hmm. I don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> because I guess at this time here, you were an established artist by 21. Not really. I just didn't have sense. So, all right. Enough. Let me tell you what, what, what. All right. Hopefully, because sometimes you, know, you have to get to a joke and all our vibes with people really stay interested. I hope people are interested. Because the thing, the thing is, you know, a lot of people are afraid because of their own perception of themselves. Because them feel like them can't afford A and B. Them don't even try. I remember when I, when I bought my first Mercedes, when I bought that car, mm -hmm. I, I was looking for a Honda Accord. I was looking for a Honda Accord. Mm -hmm. And see a Honda Accord, I like it. Going at the uh, used car, like I'm gonna ask them how much is the Honda car, and I tell me how much it is. I'm gonna say, But it's a Honda car, that sounds weird. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna argue with them. I say, All right, cool, it's nice. Test drive it, drive nice, much nicer than the car I had before. I'm gonna say, You know, how many it drive nice for true? Let me put it up against something more really supposed to drive nice. Mm -hmm. Them time I was a BMW man, so I got a test drive a 3 series at the time. Like it, type of vibe. I might drive past the Mercedes dealership. I'm gonna say, you know what? 
Why not? They might go give me the drive. Let me just take the drive. Yeah. I'm not plan to buy the car, but I'm going to take the drive. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> Unless we leak it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna... So I'm going to take the drive. I'm going to take the drive. Mm-hmm. I'm going to love it. I'm going to start asking about it. And when they start, tell me how much feet. I say, but it's within reach. It's within reach. How it go with dealerships at the time mm-hmm. is is payments at different times. So it's not it's not lease your lease the car or it's not it's not it's not a payment plan, but you pay to reserve the car and then the order go to Germany and then they make it because it was made to it was made to my specification. So the order go to Germany and then they make the car. Once the car make, you have to so you pay for reserve it for make the order. Then you have to pay a certain amount for them to make it. Then once they make it, you have to pay to ship it. Then once it's shipped, you have to pay for clear. I mean, I watch how my income are coming. I mean, I said, but every one of them step there. We can reach them step there. It's not like they must have paid this and get the car tomorrow. It's steps because I order it custom then, I guess. Yeah. And it was a brand, brand, brand new zero upon everything. I'm a driver care. And I may ask look at this. I'm going to go for I'm gonna go for buy the second car. It's just, it's just for break out of, of that cage that you cannot have that or you don't deserve that. Is that is that is that is a thing, you know? Is that is that is a is a is a switch where you have to you have to, you have to click. So me learn that from well, as I said, the only reason why I really start seeing seriously is because somebody tells me I can't sing. I don't conform to, to, to boxes what people give me. You know? I don't not do that. That makes total sense here. Mm. Super random question. When is your birthday? What time are you? Oh, I'm a Virgo, but I'm right on the cusp. I'm 21st of September. 21st. So you're between the cusp of Virgo and Libra? That's why you have so much going on in your mind at any one given time. Any one given time. I can mm-hmm. I find it okay. So a Virgo's hardest problem is mm-hmm. rest. <laughs> you, you <laughs> my, my brain will sleep. Mm-hmm. And that is why I've always had a problem freestyling. I have too many things thinking about at the same time. To focus it mm-hmm. is super difficult for me. Mm-hmm. I will write 10 songs a day, but like to freestyle it, yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't catch it. I don't catch it yet. <laughs> wow. I got you. Okay. So then now, when did the problem really start to bubble up with the um Bondem song, Chichiman? Hmm. I don't know. Um, I think I don't know. I don't. I can't tell when exactly. Or what was the first indication that hey guys, we have a small problem here? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was. Um, it was probably an interview we did in Jamaica. Now, when we came back, we heard that there was up there was issues, and we wanted to do an interview, and we did a on stage interview. I think mm-hmm. at the time. Um, talking about the song mm-hmm. and they were asking us about it and if we feel if we, um kill this and that and that and that and you know we we sidestep it on that interview to tell the truth mm-hmm. um and then and then they use it in the in the in the political campaign so when they use it in the political campaign we kind of got a little ugly mm-hmm. um 
<laughs> yeah, it, it get ugly still. Uh, and it was it was then that it started it, it started spilling over to different places and different sects, you know. Um, so yeah, it was it, it was it was then. I don't remember the year though. Mm-hmm. What were those things? It was that one there. All right, because I remember it almost came out of left field. Like, why are you guys even bothering TOK about this? That song was. Yeah, I mean, it, and then, it was really weird when it happened. Yeah, because like I mean, when it's so young, too. I mean, it wasn't that situation where we were like this militant group mm-hmm. where that was against this or this hate group or whatever. It wasn't anything like that. But that's the image that they were painting. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that there was a. a Publication one time that even referred to us as the new neo-Nazi movement. What? And I was like, them time I mean, I even know I want him Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> so they what? What? what else? <laughs> yeah, so it was crazy. Like, I don't know. Yeah, that's wild. Another pivotal moment in you guys' career was linking up with um, I'm going black now, with um super producer from Uptown. Boss, don't kill me now. Don Don Carleone. Don! Yes. Don of fun, baby. <laughs> Don, Don of a brother, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, like, me and, all right now, me and Don still, at least once a week. With that. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't know Don from before, you know, because Don did have a sound in Vendetta. Yes. Um, so we, we, we know I've done through sound business from before, double plate business and thing. And um, we hear Dan just start mash up the place with some whole of my man Cartel and Wayne Marshall and Elephant and them just have a whole of it and them mash up the place. So I say, I'll make a check and him link. I don't remember if it's him link, we are really him. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. But the connection was made and we started passing through the studio and recording on the rhythms that he had. And yeah, footprints. Footprints came about. Alex, I think Alex came up with the idea, and Flex came up with the with the words at first. Yeah, and it was just it was just history from there. It was crazy. Listen, I remember when Footprints came out. That was when that was one of the only times that dance hall had went from a hyper mode to where it was more cultural and one. One drop rhythms running dance hall where the men were actually making up dances to the yeah. drop leaf and stuff. I remember Bogle was dancing to footprints, like he had a actual dance for this. Well, well yeah, Screechy to come out. Um, them time there. Uh, no, my speech was for, for Chichiman actually, but yeah. because we and Bogle had a connection from before too loy because bogo is a part of loy movement too so it was so that whole loy and and the connection with john shopping in new york um those two labels were very instrumental in the early part of tok's career that's why we were so huge we had such a a, a, a strong footing in new york as well um because that's where john shop was from mm-hmm. and we had a huge footing in la too so like because of that um we knew Bogle from then. Mm-hmm. So when we are, when we touch when we touch um any show mm-hmm. and Bogle is around it was it was ridiculous, like it was chaos, you know. 
because he was so respected as an icon, as a dancing icon, as a fashion icon, as just a personality that people wanted to be like, you know? And and then we were that 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 young edgy group were just, you know, I take the place by storm. It was like it was a huge deal when both of us were together. So we knew him from way back when. So then after the tragedy with Alex's brother, um, he was shot and killed in, in, in Portmore. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of weird. That, that was that was the catalyst for for the 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 the, the spirit that created footprints um it was it was the moment that we understood that our music wasn't just words and lyrics and and melodies but they were messages that sometimes people needed to hear in order to get through and get what they need to get done done mm-hmm. and so it was there was a power in that song that was unlike any other so when we put pen to paper and did that song unfortunately a little after that bogle passed as well mm-hmm. so it was a it was a big deal because we were so close to him so people automatically put the song together with his remembrance you know makes sense and what did that song actually do for you guys career Footprints, Footprints was phenomenal, man. Footprints were, by this time, we were internationally known. Mm-hmm. Um, by this time, because we were like one of the first artists on 106 and Park, and like BT, VH1, and those things, uh, MTV was, was like a, a weekly thing for us at the time. And Footprints came after that. So it was that thing that, it was next level. Like I remember that song, that song premiered at number five on 106 and Park Countdown, it was ridiculous. Um, and that was, by then we had already been hitting billboard charts and stuff with like Chichi Man and Shake Your Bam Bam and Money to Burn. That was a huge hit as well. Like, you know, we had already been hitting the billboard charts with those songs from before. And it's like, so when Footprints came out now, it was just, and it could be understood by everyone. It was, it was one of those songs that came out exactly when it was supposed to come out. And it, it gave a lot of people the strength that they needed in order to cope with whatever they were going through at the time. And really and truly, like, I can't really, even though it is an, a great accomplishment, I can't really boast about that song because it, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was bigger. It was bigger than than what we were talking. It's bigger than words. It's bigger than it was a it was a sentiment that needed to con to be conveyed, and we were the vessels. Yeah, because yeah. when you said spirit, you have to remember music is a spiritual thing where it's a spirit jumps in you and tells you what to say. A lot of times you're writing down the words, or however you're writing your songs, the words are not really. As you're writing, the words are just coming out, and it's just yeah. that spirit told you what to say, or the group what to say at that time. There, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, crazy, crazy. I got a couple more questions in the TOK journey before we get to your journey. Because listen, boss, your what you have in your mind is phenomenal. <laughs> Short of phenomenal, you know what I mean? Okay. So then, no big song is out. When did all of the trouble start in the camp? Um, you know, 
<laughs> to be politically correct. <laughs> no, no, not sure, not sure. The camp, you know, mm-hmm. women by you now set mm-hmm. are four leaders. Mm-hmm. So at any given time, you have four strong-minded people and strong-willed people. Like I said. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, many decisions were not made at all. Okay. And I say that first because I want to make sure that it is known that we recognize how strong-willed each of us were and we understood that in order to make this work, mm-hmm. we are going to learn how to humble ourselves more time. Mm-hmm. So we took a stance that unless decisions were unanimous, we just have to let it go from the beginning. First of all, like money, money is speak for we no matter what. Yeah. Right? It no matter who write the song, it no matter who sing the song, when the money comes for the song, once it's a TOK, it's split four way. And if you want right now, you wanting it, it's like a name TOK. Yeah, no mm-hmm. So we knew that. So we were doing that from ever since, all four of us. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess it just reached a, reach a point where I'm not sure if any choice. I think, think we just outgrew each other and you know, we're just kind of tired. Because remember, you know, said this are. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a This is years of every day, mm-hmm. at least two hours of communication with them money. You know? That is a lot. I mean, enough man married and not chat to them wives a lot. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> For real. I mean, it's a serious thing. Like it, 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 it Yeah, I think we, I think, I think we just kind of get tired of having every decision that that you you would want to make. Mm-hmm. Being hinged on another man vibe or thing, yeah. so everybody they kind of just get resistant, you know. So we just, we just, yeah, we just stop. <laughs> <laughs> and that because I know you were the first one to actually bring attention to any of the problems was when I think it was 2011. You said you stopped recording. You didn't say you were leaving. You said you were stop recording. And again, you know, as people say, stop recording. Oh, he's leaving. And then people right there would misconstrue and think, hey, the group is breaking up. And I think at that point there, I'm not sure, but you could correct me. You might have been the only one to cut your hair at that time there also. Yeah. So, so you look different than everybody else. All right. So I'm going to show you something now. Mm-hmm. See, I think the only person I did ever really tell this at the mm-hmm. time was Spice. Mm-hmm. Strangely enough, <laughs> it was we were just having a conversation, and I was really sure one and two things. And mm-hmm. it was when I did it, mm-hmm. it was perfectly timed, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about it for about six months before I said that mm-hmm. because I did that to get out of the VP contract. I can say it now. I can say it now because we're out. <laughs> yeah, they must, they must wouldn't let we go, and they wouldn't put out the album. Then mm-hmm. I'm saying, you know, if they're fighting so hard to mm-hmm. keep a unit, let's not have a unit for them to keep. So they were resisting our attempts to try and get out of the contract because we wanted to explore other other avenues. We wanted to, because there were record labels in Japan that were interested in doing one-off deals with us. And at that time, I was a person negotiating those deals too. Mm-hmm. And it just, 
it wasn't it was it couldn't work it couldn't work with them in the picture in the beginning mm. and i said let me let me not leave the pot too sweet for them you know so let me just let me just drop a little friction here yeah so it don't look like all peaches and cream and all, all milk and honey. Let me just drop a little pepper, a little scotch bonnet. <laughs> drop a little scotch bonnet tonight and see what happens. So, um, the, what in hindsight, mm -hmm. what I wish I did different, because I purposely never really tell the man what I was going to do. I just tell him, say, I was going to do something, watch out feet. I say, yo, I'm going to do something in the next 24 hours, watch out. Okay. I didn't tell them because I wanted genuine responses. And I should have told them. Because did that actually now really create a problem that kind of didn't really exist before? Maybe. I don't know. But mm -hmm. it, it could have. Mm -hmm. It could have. Got you. Mm -hmm. Cut you here the same time you had made the announcement or this came but after? One of them never related. But they cut me here a little before. So. Yeah. It's not like said, why did they cut me here? My neck didn't hurt me at night time when I was sleeping. It wasn't anything. <laughs> I never know. <laughs> I never know. I never know. Yeah. But it looked like it was a, 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 an action of defiance. Mm -hmm. It looked like that. Mm -hmm. I was aware that it looked like that, but you never have nothing to do with it. It was nothing to do with Okay, so then that wasn't planned, but the. I'm stopped recording with the group. That was planned, especially on your side and everything else. And so then, okay, this is 2011. You guys, so then when did you guys actually leave VP then? Um, About a year after. Because okay. then the contract started, the contract was on the, um, what is the word? We started re, 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 revisiting the contract mm -hmm. at that point. Mm -hmm. uh, and they were, they were now willing to look at ways that we could dissolve the contract at that point. And it wasn't until there was a company which we did um, a Japanese album for that ended up buying out the remainder of time from VP so that we could get out of the contract completely. Mm -hmm. JV, JVC, we did an album for JVC. Seen that too. Okay. This is where it looked like to me personally, where the real problem, the real problem happened now. When Basie decided to do Blue Mountain Reggae Festival, and you were the only one that decided to say, hey, I'm going to help out. Watching the show, it seemed like that was when the real crack really started to happen there. Oh. Ah, politically correct again. Um, reality TV, not real, you know. We, I just, know we just tell the world. <laughs> 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 if you never know, uh, <laughs> all, right, all right. So we we let me tell you, as I said, mm -hmm. four big man mm -hmm. for strong will and strong mm -hmm. So we all have friction from a long time before that. We just mm -hmm. we just don't care there to close our room, you know. Mm -hmm. So there was friction from before. Um, when Blue Mountain Music Festival came up, as I said. Me and Flex are the executioners. When when them say go, yeah. we not ask a question. We're gone. We yeah. not have fear. We not have no. We all right. Me and Flex are, are probably the most religious in the group too. Um, 
not spiritual. Like it's it, it probably between me and Basie are the most spiritual, I would say. Mm -hmm. But you can't really know what I'm gonna feel like Martin, so you don't know. Mm -hmm. But religious at the time, so like we never have we we understand how to move our faith. We just go. Mm -hmm. So like we don't need we don't need a paved road. Mm -hmm. We just need a direction. And we're gone. We we will pave the road. We're good. Mm -hmm. So when basis said, I, I don't know if like I've always I'm a supporter, right? I like that. So I like it. I think it's a great idea, and I want to make sure that I do everything possible and in my power mm -hmm. to encourage it to come to fruition. So that's all I was thinking. It wasn't like say me was supporting if them money and so It wasn't. It never had nothing to do with that. We just want to see the festival happen because it's a great idea. So let's do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, no care. I mean, no care. I mean, no care if me have to, if me have to break the bank and take out my life. I mean, no care. Let's do it. Like, as some, as some, as some stay. Like, if me decide to me, I go make a bet. Me a bet big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Okay. So then, this is we're winding down on the TOK here now. So then, since you said that the um, certain stuff in the reality TV were not so real, yeah. the um, not recording was not so real. How about Flex leaving the group? Was that real or that was another not so real moment? All right, so let me tell you a thing now with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, when Flex said, Flex never really said, I'm going to leave the group neither. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. Him said, I'm going to focus on his solo career. Okay. Because the reason, because him, say, I'm a youth and him notice, say, I'm a focus on some things and some man not focus on something, or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it was all well and good. <laughs> you know, the funniest thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even think the rest of the group know still. But I mean, let out that post out of the bag too, you know, because, <laughs> no, because I got all of the calls. I got yeah. all of the calls that day, that mm -hmm. night. Mm -hmm. And they were like, yo, Flex came to me with a story and I'm wondering if I should run with it or whatever, whatever. Because that's what I always say. Respect is a hell of a thing. It mm -hmm. goes further than money, by far. For sure. So when people, so like the press call me first mm -hmm. to see if, then should, I, then should I run the story or not? I'm going to say, yo, the man is a big man. If he come to you with a story, of course, run the story. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it can't be. Me can't tell you what I feel, you know. <laughs> of course. So, but mm -hmm. it never gets serious until Basie answered. When Basie say, Oh well, then if you then then hold on. Me attack when you say when you say, when you say uh, nah focus. Yeah, what then? If you are if you are focused by your thing, then me focus on my thing too. When it reached that, when it, when 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 basically respond, it was like ah oh, shit, we got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> we got a problem. Now it's serious. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, so you guys, you see what a lot of people don't understand how. How serious you guys are about your image and the moves that you guys make. A lot of people thought, yeah, you guys are singing songs, thought you guys were playing checkers. But really and truly, you guys were playing chess. Yeah, a lot of that. A lot of that, Logan. Not for that, Logan. Mm -hmm. Like, we, 
well, as if, as you know, no, like I'm a Virgo, so I'm I'm very calculated in the things that I do. I'm very calculated in the battles that I choose to have, like things like that. And I think basis is even worse. Like there are times that my head will just chip, and things are <laughs> things happen. But I, I I I think for the most part, for the most part, so well, you, you don't even have to dig too deep to 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 figure it out, you know. Like we are the first and only dancehall harmony quartet and we maintained built maintained and sustained a working company that supported upwards of 10 families at any given time for years and still supporting those families so <laughs> no idea what we're doing. <laughs> you know, it's, not, it's, not, it's not whimsical. It's not. It's not a flyby night thing. We know. We, we, we understand some things. You know? And I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're having this conversation here. So then, now, when you went out on your solo career, did this kind of put you say, okay, you know what? Now I got to step out and go on my own now, since there seems to be some type of issue right now. Um. No, not really. Um. A friend of mine passed in, uh, I don't remember the year. Mm -hmm. Years, you have to check Grashan for years. Mm -hmm. and <laughs> Chronologically, I'm the worst. But yeah. a friend of, there was a point in time where a friend of mine died, mm -hmm. right? And he was young mm -hmm. and he was an artist. His name is Little Joe. Yes, I know Little right? Joe. Basically, put out a rhythm called a nabbing rhythm, and little Joe was on that rhythm, right? Mm -hmm. It's always still okay. Mm -hmm. And Taros, holy puppy, was on that. That's the Shaka Zulu picnic, was on that one there, correct? Big rhythm. Um, we performed at Wikiwaki with little Joe. Mm -hmm. I reached home at four o'clock in the no, morning, reach home, daylight. About six o'clock, I reached home. So I left Wiki Waki about five. Mm -hmm. yeah? And I left Little Joe at Wiki Waki. And when I reached home, I get a call that he was at the hospital. And he never left that hospital. Mm -hmm. And it's like right there, I started wondering what my contribution to the music was mm -hmm. i started feeling the need mm -hmm. to put my thoughts on record and not just the thoughts that fit into tok mm -hmm. so i felt a need to record more and sing more and write more and dj more and produce more i wanted to make sure that if I die, somebody could know who I was as me, not as a part of. So we just start write and sing and DJ and just more, <laughs> you know? And it was from that that I, that I started just doing, doing my own thing. Like as far as solo is concerned, you know, so I don't even think about it, you know? I just, I just, I just do. So like if, 
like I don't think I, I don't I don't think I went solo. It just I just can't stop singing. So whether people around me or not, never sing. <laughs> got you and what was some of the first stuff you started to work on now as craigie t not as t-o-k as craigie t um i didn't go badness first and i'm gonna get wicked i'm gonna do um sunday afternoon uh with with uh dj nico okay uh, tune still in about raw yeah um that was the first that was the first thing that i i, I put out alone i think I did I did some I did Holy Pasola songs before that, you know, but them did just set it okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there are a few songs that I had that is me alone, but become I have I think I have the widest vocal range in the group. Okay. Um, closest would be Alex mm -hmm. after. Um, but so I can do everybody part. So I could sing the entire harmonies. So when I did that and it come out and it got so like okay anyway, so put okay on it because like a lot of times pr the producer might be my friend yeah. and it might not be close to the rest of the group or maybe the rest of the group just care about her, them just don't want to see me today or see him today or whatever. Whatever the reason is, and it, it work out, say I'm me alone to the song, but you can say still okay, money still I got split four ways, still put the four man name on the record, like it don't really matter to me. And that was done by everybody, it's not like it's me. You know? So is a thing. No idea. Again, remember, whereas the fans were just listening, enjoying the music, we have no clue what's really going on behind that curtain there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I mean, this is why I love to have these conversations. Where okay, you know what? You know that song you really loved. This is how the song really came about. <laughs> <laughs> It is okay. I, I, them, like not for them, like the chorus and everything. Do and like it, just say, "Yo, I'm gonna do that song." You know, so put a verse on it. So once one more man put a verse, it's now too okay. So it's more comfortably too okay now. So put it all like that. So a lot of that happened too. Because mm -hmm. yeah. I know your your pen game when it comes to writing. I know that's where you really do a lot of work. Yeah, man. Surprised I, I, to hear you did work for you wrote for Cardi B. Yeah. Kelly Price. Yeah. Any bounty, I could see that. Shensia and so yeah. Yeah, yeah. you gotta tell me how these came about. I have no sense. <laughs> so, as I said, like my music, I just, I just, it's so much, mm -hmm. so much come to me at any given time. Like, I can't, I just can't keep it. I've been in writing sessions for the baby. I don't even know his who that. <laughs> I don't even know his who so. Like, I don't know, like, and I don't care. I don't care if it's a big artist, I don't care if it's a little artist, I don't care. Like, if in a writing mode, I'm just right. Like Timbali's last single that came out, basic is me right it too. Because we're working on a we're working on a, a, a EP for Timbali right now, myself and Suku from our 21. Yeah. Working on an EP for Timbali right now. So like it's like it, 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 these things just 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 come just come to me. And I just do it. I remember when Ramesh called me, Ramesh said, yo, um, you know, more you do some writing for Shensi. And I was like, Yeah, sure. The man said, How much you have to charge me? I mean, I said, Ramesh, I don't know. Ask Taros. Taros was with me at the time. We said, Ask Taros. Anything Taros said for payment, just pay me. Like, we're not gonna charge you. Like, bro, Ramesh and we are come from far. No, I'm just saying, I don't know. You tell me how much you want. I don't know. But it's it's a it's a thing. 
And do you find it harder to write for a female versus a male, or it really just depends on the mind space you're in at that time there? Mind space completely. It don't matter. I don't care. It don't matter if it's a girl, if it's a man. You know? It don't matter how full. I write for, it don't matter if it's a young person, if it's an older person, I would just write. And if it fits you, it fits you. If not, it's cool too, you know. Like, I'm not saying that I can, I can write for, I think I can write for anybody, but I might not, I can't write anything for anybody at any time. You know, they're, they're, it's tough of fit. You know, music is a thing where connections have to be made. So everything has to kind of connect. If you're not connect, then, you know, I just saw, and it's cool. I don't know nothing personal, I don't know nothing. Like, I'm one of those people that, those writers that you can give a rhythm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to write a song and give it to you and you don't like it. I'm going to just write another one. I don't know. Yeah. It's not like the first one that I write, I don't still have it. I still have it. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody going to like it. Who knows? You just brought up a name where during this conversation, I'm looking and you say, boss, I almost feel like I'm talking to him. Taurus Riley. All, All right. right. <laughs> How did you guys connect? And did anybody ever tell you guys you guys look alike? Yeah, them tell me that. Them tell me too with that sometimes. Something say with me, with me and brother. One the time, I, the smile one, time and one girl asked me for my father. <laughs> <laughs> I younger than me. It's, it's not that. It's not <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's weird, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, this is one of the friendships as well. as uh, Like, outside of the okay, of course. Like, in other in other business that I really cherish too, Taros and Don, mm-hmm. Ramesh, like is I I, I met Taros when I was well we know Taros because we, we meet Taros a long time from me Taros when Taros was a DJ from those times there. Way 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 back. But we did an interview last year, and he did let out the secret. But again, a lot of people don't know that, but he did right. tell me that. Yeah. Right, right, right. You know so what? That, it makes sense because he done that. He DJ some stuff for Danny Brownie. Hey, Paris, but, but enough of them DJ the way you see what I wrote. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He was there. You guys were all in the same spot at the exact same time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 And but but for really start link now it was when it was when I, I did I, I gave up cars for Lent. Right? Yeah, I seen that bought a bicycle. Your wife wasn't too happy about. Yeah, so she was fine. That was just for the reality show. She was fine. <laughs> so yeah, so the 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 car thing like it's just one of them things that was sometimes as an artist you kind of get caught up in this star in this car wars thing, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like it kind of it kind of pull your focus and your energy, mm-hmm. and you just never see the you just never see the point. So when I feel like things have too much power over me, I tend to let them go completely. I just want to stay. So I made a decision that I wasn't going to drive for forty days and forty nights, and no matter, I just walk everywhere, mm-hmm. and then afterwards, halfway through, I buy a bicycle and I just ride everywhere that I wouldn't walk, mm-hmm. and. I one day Taras pull up beside me and say, Yo, I want to do something like this one day. And I said, Then when you know those park and come out, it's not that hard. You know, you're born with foot, right? <laughs> <laughs> you have two foot. Just come out. I don't know. Like, so what he was speaking to do was, was, was the mindset to, to break free of all of those 
complexities that we give simple things because it's really mental complexities that we add to very simple things, you know. And that's how we really link. And then afterwards, we start training together and all kind of thing. And then we just became really close friends. Like Taras are really, Taras and brother. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. that, that's big, big there. As I said, you guys look alike. And speaking to you, it was a lot of... It's like, wow, it's crazy. All right. And I know one of your big singles that you were pushing um, last year, even into this year, was Is a Jamaican King. Yeah. All right. How did you come up with that there? I even seen the video. I like I liked the video. How did you come up with it? Um. So it was my, it was myself and DJ Buddha. It's a single from both of us, right? Uh, he had the track. Mm -hmm. And we, we we did a whole album together, you know, whole deeper unreleased music better stuff come out. Mm -hmm. But like it was I was just writing for the track in you know, the studio and I was like, yo, what more I say? What more I talk about? Mm -hmm. And I, I did the verse first. That sentence return of the black art man was just stuck in my head, and I knew I had to start the song with that. And when I get when I get messages like that, I don't I don't ask some question, I just follow. Mm -hmm. So I I did the verse and I had some other little idiot chorus there. Yeah. Um Buddha came in and he listened to the chorus. He's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I'ma say one bit. And he said, no nah, man, you wanna dance with it a little bit more. I'ma say, ah, and he hummed something, you know, that was similar. Mm -hmm. I'm say, no, if we move this note here, I move this note here, then it can sound. So and I did it, and so there are no effects on my voice or anything, you know. It's okay. just no, sir. A lot of people think it's a different person to the chorus, but it's it's just that is the thing what artists sometimes step away from. You see that playfulness that music has. Mm -hmm. It's something that you have to try and nurture and never lose. Mm -hmm. Because that is that is where the magic is. You know? Makes sense. And then I know right now your newest song for twenty twenty. Right now is a song you did with Shaggy and Beanie Man, 12 Days of Christmas. So basically, that song should be playing right now in heavy rotation. Yeah. Christmas. How yeah. did that come from? Shaggy called me. Um, Shaggy called me. I was on my way. I was going to TV because I, I, I do a, a, a live show on TV here in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. I was on my way to the studio that day. And him called me. And him say, yo, DJ, what go on? I said, I'm going to do this. And said, Shaggy. He said, Shaggy. Which shaggy? <laughs> the man said, Craig T, I eat that. What shaggy you do? Sorry, boss. All right. Oh, I'm glad I'm about to say, yo, him have a song. I'm doing a Christmas album, and there's a song that um, him think that my voice would suit perfectly. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. And I said, if you're interested, um, just tell me when, because I have the studio for such and such a amount of days, tell me which day you can come to under the sun. Mm -hmm. And said, Shaggy, if you're interested, are you kidding me? Like, Shaggy, your name, and more than that, like, we have been in the business for so long, all you have to do is, is say go, and I'll be there. So I'm going to say, yeah, man, I, I have TV, I think that was a Tuesday, mm -hmm. I have TV Tuesdays and Fridays, I say, I have TV Friday, right after the show, I would just come through, mm -hmm. you know? Or, no, I think it was the next week, Tuesday. Because I wanted to be there at the beginning of the week instead of at the end. I think it was it was in studio from um, Sunday to Sunday. 
someone said, all right, we'll just come in the Tuesday and, you know, and shot it. And I went there. I, I loved the chorus. Um, and it just so happens that I could deliver it. And it was, the rest is history. I think Tony Kelly recommended me to him. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, because again, that's another thing there. You've worked with both brothers, Dave and Tony Kelly. You guys worked with basically every hot producer you could think of, even if they were young at that time and became hot. Yeah. After the fact, it's yeah, so crazy. I got two more questions for you before I get you out of here. You brought up your TV stint, TVJ. All right. How did that come around? All right. You see, some of my stories, they might not be as entertaining, you know, because means that, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a directed person. Okay. So I find, cause even my brother, <laughs> brother was saying to me the other day again, cause he always put things into perspective for me. You know? So he was talking to me and he must say, yo, I can never understand how you and your income and your opportunities happen. Like I find myself placed. Mm -hmm in situations where opportunities come to me. What I will say is that I am aware enough and my eyes are open enough to see opportunities and I don't each to seize them. So that is my thing. So I don't miss, all right? So like if we did it, and I got a phone call from the general manager of TBJ. She says to me, she said, Craig, what's up? And I'm just like, I'm all right. We, we had a couple of good conversations while I was the resident judge for a yes. talent competition called Rising Stars, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I was resident judge for Rising Stars for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, we left that when I did the, the reality show series with the rival station. So I had to leave Rising Stars in order to do that. Couldn't be on both of them at the same time. Mm -hmm. And... She said, how do you feel about being back on TV? Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I don't know. I've, I've never thought about it. Like, TV and I something I'm going to see what I think about. So I don't know. Like, you know, I don't know. I, I would do it, I guess. And she said, well, there's a show that we have. And I would like you to come in and see if you, if you like it and if you would want to be a part of it. So I went into a couple of screenings. I liked it. It's a new experience. I'm going to say, oh. Yeah, sure, I'll do it. So I, 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 I tested it out. I it was weird at first, but I liked it. And I think people appreciate my personality mm -hmm. because that's, that's, that's what I really enjoy about it, that I have the opportunity to completely be myself in front of people. And a lot of times people see the persona as an artist, because they don't get enough time with you to actually know your personality. So they don't really know who you are. I think people see more of who I am on the live show. Yeah, makes sense. And when does the show come on? Tuesdays and Fridays at 105 on TVJ. TVJ. Or on One Spot Media, if you... All right. And how long, how long has it been going on now? Hmm, I think three years. Three years already, eh? Well, I've been on it for one enough or two i didn't realize it was that long box yeah man yeah man wow super last question before i get you out of here no problem 
at what point in your career, in TOK's career, did you guys decide to become blood brothers and put the tattoos on each other's hand? Ah, I think I was the first one. I was the first one that did it, you know, because this, I designed this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I see it. You see it, right? <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> I'm confusing, but anyways, mm -hmm. yeah, so, yeah, and um, it was just something I used to write on paper, and then when we used to do autographs, I used to put it up, and um, I was getting a, a black panther on my hand, mm -hmm. on my arm, and I decided to to get the TOK here, mm -hmm. and it was just something that I came up with, and I showed everybody, I said, yo, you know, I did this, and I think it would be cool if everybody had it. But it took a while before everybody caught them time the tattoos would be kind of new. Um, so it's not everybody did willing for 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 <laughs> make the step. But I think basically, basically, and Flex got it soon after that. Alex, I think, took the longest because he never wore, he never wore put any marks on him. Okay. Um, so he took the he took the longest to, to do it. But we all felt it and we all liked it, mm -hmm. but it, it, it was staggered. So we didn't go to one tattoo at the same time. I thought it might have been one of those drunk nights in New York where, you know what we should Come do? On. We should get a tattoo. You know yeah. what? That year about them drunk nights. Them drunk nights, them boy, we go out with a bag. Remember, say we are rock stars. <laughs> oh, God, man. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Before I get you out of here, can I get your line out of footprints, please? Oh. Boom. One set of footprints in the sun. And you are going to school. You think it should have been two. Remember one thing, me, who's a father, God have the plan. So when you see one set of footprints, I got that carry you. Sing! Wow. <laughs> Craigie T, this conversation has been freaking epic. If you see my notes right now, I still got so many more questions. But I'm going to leave that for another time. So many so many it's been and the fact that you've certain things that you revealed even the thing that you said you only told spice and stuff like trust yeah. me people are gonna learn so yeah. much about this when can we see anything new from tok then i don't know i don't i don't know we've been talking about it because we still perform together you know last week we had a dub session last week we're still yeah. we're still very active and like business still have to conduct you know, because mm -hmm. people still licensing TOK songs, people still doing that, and it's we control our business, so we still talk on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. um, I know we have a performance in Costa Rica, I think, in April. Okay. Um, next, I don't know, new music is a thing we're, we're still talking about. Because at the end of the day, that whole TOK movement was magical, you know. So even though we are all very skilled mm -hmm. at what we do. So we can come together and do some good songs, you know. But we want some songs where when it come out, you're not sure if it's good until it really creep up under your skin. Some of those things that revolutionize, those are the things that we're interested in. We're interested in, in, in if we're doing it, we're going to start another movement with it. It's going to be a big deal. You know? Makes sense. Yeah. If they want to check out what you're doing, leave your, leave your social media contacts so they could check out what you're doing. So social media is Craigie underscore T-O-K. So it's at Craigie underscore T-O-K. And from there, that's, that's my IG and my Twitter. From there, there is a link there that connects you to every all my social media pages. 
Um, yeah, and just, just kind of stay in touch. I'm more active on Instagram. I'm trying to find a new home still, to be honest with you, because I haven't been getting what I want from Instagram. And I think that, I think, I think right now, people have a lot of, a lot of internal needs that they need. They need to feed the right wolves <laughs> inside <laughs> them, you know? And sometimes, sometimes social media will feed the, feed the wrong wolves. So you have to be, you have to be, have to be kind of careful what you do. You seem more like a, a Twitter person because I know you're, you you like words and stuff. I figured you'd be more, a little bit more Twitter or the Instagram. Let me tell you what, man. Mm-hmm. kind of private, you know? Some, mm-hmm. Like, if you catch me on an interview like this, mm-hmm. we, we will talk. But yeah. like, me is not a man for, for, for like everything my mom wants. I'm going to take up my phone to say to 100,000 people. Like, me just, me not, are you that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 brother, me not, me not, me love myself, but I'm not into myself. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. You know what it is? You're, you're, you're a public private person where your public persona, Craigie T. That's who you get, but you see the Craig Thompson. That's a totally different person altogether. For sure, and like publicly, I, I'm, I'm a whole high energy person, but like privately, I'm very deep. I'm playful, but my my thought process is complicated. You don't have to tell me that twice. Trust yeah. me, I, I I learned that. I knew this from before, but I really learned that right here, sitting down right now. Greggy yeah, yeah. T, epic conversation. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Thank you so, 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 so much. You know what I mean? And, okay, the name came up a couple times. I'm going to let the cat out of the bag here. I'm going to be speaking to Basie sooner rather than later. Oh, wicked. Uh-huh. Wicked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking last night. We just got to arrange a date, and we're good to go. Oh, great. Yeah. All right. But well, I'm I'm get the dates. Yeah. <laughs> That's why, as I said, I still have a lot of questions, but I said, okay, you know what? It would be kind of repetitive if I turn around and ask the same things. So I broke the questions in half. There's certain things I'm going to ask him that I did not ask. There's going to be one or two similar ones, but there's a lot of stuff that we've never spoke about that I'm going to be speaking to him also. Let me give you an outro and get you out of here because this was crazy, boss. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, this is Muscle, and this has been another Two Line Music Cuts Entertainment Report podcast, and we are out. This podcast is brought to you by www.twolinedmusichut.com.